Okay. All right. Have you met Nick Foley, Pitchpatrick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't met Mick Foley? We need to we need to share stories on how we met Mick Foley right now. Well, that's not even fun though. He was he was he he showed up to Pikeville Food City. I'm actually searching for the photo actively. I don't have a photo with him, but my friend does. I'll show you. Pikeville he was at Pikeville. Why the fuck was he at Pikeville Food City? <laughs> fuck if I know. The man of Nick Foley's stature does not need to be at Food City. I mean, it's not like everybody like just fucking freaks out and like, oh my god, it's Mick fucking Foley. I mean, like, <laughs> like he can go shopping if he wants to. Yeah, but but think about it. The things that he's done is Mick fucking Foley. And he looks like Mick Foley. I mean, like he looked like Mick. I'm like, let me find this photo. He looked like Mick Foley. Was it not really Mick Foley? It was Mick Foley, but I'm saying like he was. <laughs> he had Mick Foley clothing on, you know. That's not, like, no, actually, no, 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 no. Like, actually, that's the it actual, was, his attire, like, he doesn't, like, dress up for TV. It was, it was, it was more, it was more like, it was like McFoley, Cactus Jack-esque, you know. McFoley. Like, there needs Mick to be meetings every, at every workplace. Like, if you met McFoley, show a hand. This guy's got so many fucking photos. Jesus Christ. Well, when I met Mick Foley, you're telling me you just went to Food City in Pikeville and just walked no. in, hey, Mick fucking Foley. I, I, I worked there. I believe this is where I worked there. And you were just working, and then one day, Mick motherfucking Mick Foley just walked in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And you were like, holy shit, Mick Foley. Tell you a wrestler I would like to meet uh, is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dude, I want to meet Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I know. I want to. I want to. Cool no, no, no. I, I want to meet Steve Williams. I don't want to meet Steve Austin. I want to meet Steve Williams. I want to meet the real Steve Austin. I don't want him to play a character at me. You know, I, I actually want to meet him as a person, not as a character. Well, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have to meet you as a character. I mean, but, but he's Stone Cold Steve. You ain't gonna tell me that you ain't gonna call him Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, are you gonna tell people you met Stone Cold Steve Austin, or are you gonna tell people you met Steve Williams? If I say Steve Williams, I'm gonna know who the fuck I'm talking about. Exactly. But like, well, to who they say I met Steve Williams? Say, oh yeah, well I fucking I met Robert Downey Jr. the other day. Big fucking whoop. They're gonna make fun of you. When in reality, you actually did meet a celebrity, and they're just trying to make fun of you. I want to be friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, bro, dude, I want to. I want to just sit down and drink a Stone Cold IPA with him, and just like a Broken Skull IPA. Yes, like yeah. Because you can't get him around here. Yeah, I used to search for that shit all the fucking time, and I, I could never find it. Never. It's, in, it's, it's literally uh, canned, bottled, and sold in Texas. I don't know of any other place. Oh Lord, I went too far. But I've met. Went back, went back, and my buddy had like Jerry curls, and I was like, "Oh shit, too far." I uh, we used to go to wrestling shows all the time at Big Sandy whenever I was a kid. Yeah, and we had front row one time, and I smacked Rey Mysterio's back so hard. I had CM Punk call me a fat so in, in a live show one time. Like I was in the front row, and they were doing like that talk show shit they always do in the ring, and I was like, "You fucking, you suck!" He was like, "Hey, shut up, fat so!" I was like, "Oh fuck." 
Like literally called me fat though in front of like <laughs> in front of like twelve hundred people. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> I was like, Yes, sir, okay. <laughs> My brother just started cracking up. I touched some sweaty wrestlers that night. Is that not something to say, huh? That is something to say, sir. And then, uh, the Undertaker and Edge literally went into the crowd, and I was sitting there, and my brother was like, hey, they're in the fucking crowd. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> they're here! They're here! <laughs> he was like, they're in the crowd. And I was like, yeah. And then it kicked in, and I was like, holy shit! Like holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Operation touch the Undertaker. <laughs> Operation somebody threw a fucking Undertaker shirt covered in beer in the ring and Cody Webb stole it and that was the end of the day for us. <laughs> when I say he stole it, I mean he literally stole it. Leadhead Webb stole an Undertaker T-shirt. It'd be hilarious if the guy that he stole it from found out he just for some reason or another listened to this podcast and was like, Now I've got a fucking name. Like that's been haunting him. <laughs> he's like like there's he's just scrolling through Spotify and he's just like, I got an urge to watch this. Maybe they're gonna talk about a, a WrestleMania revenge show from like two thousand seven and they're gonna talk about the shirt that I lost. <laughs> now I've got a name. I've been I've been thinking about this for a while. It's never left his. And then they go on Instagram, and he just looks up Leadhead Web, and he finds the picture of the shirt from like the archives, and he's like, "That son of a bitch." <laughs> Locked in now. Yeah, ain't ain't nothing you can do about it. But wait, sit around and wait for the ass whooping. Yeah, that's exactly what he's gonna bring. He's gonna bring stuff called Steve Austin with him. And then you're going to meet one of your heroes and get absolutely the fuck beat out of you <laughs> over a t-shirt. Dude, tell about Steve Austin is cool. I mean, he's a success. I mean, he's, a, he's just he's successful. He got a success from saying, I whoop everybody's ass. I mean, I enjoyed The Undertaker, too. Back whenever The Undertaker had the dog yard and shit, and he just made Stone Cold Steve Austin look like a bitch. But at the same time, like... It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Williams is who that is. Anyway. I mean, it is Stone Cold Steve Williams. Could you imagine if, if they called him that? Stone Cold Steve Williams! Like, bro, that's Mick fucking Foley. Is that not Mick fucking Foley? That's what I'm saying. Mick Foley. That's what I'm saying. Your friend kind of looks like Bill Cosby. Buddy, I'm telling you, that's not a motherfucker you want to mess with. I, I assure you. Mick fucking Foley. I know. No, not Mick oh. Foley. Oh, you're Tony. talking about your friend in the picture. Yeah, Tony. He just walked in there all ready to go to a wrestling show, even though he was just buying groceries on like a Wednesday night. That is Mick fucking Foley. Yep. That was Mick Foley, for sure. Rocking the goatee and the perm. 
man. I thought it was cool. Holy. Mick. I have to eat the rest of this rice, or I'm not gonna feel. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna make me happy. You have rice. Hmm. What kind I'd of rice? I'd stir. I'd stir fry for dinner. Oh. You know, you know what would make that better? A little bit if of I was home? Sauce. Yeah, that too. A little bit of soy sauce and if Mick Foley was there. I know. What if Mick Foley was just at my house? Could you just imagine, like, Mick Foley just knocks on your door one day and it's like, Hey, buddy, I met you at Food City one time when you worked there. Can I come in? Eat some rice with you? Mm-hmm. I feel like even if like Mick Foley were to come to like one of our houses, he would not. He would treat us like people and not like fans. Mick Foley is very down to earth. I know you. I met him. I know. <laughs> he signed a phone case that I had, and I lost that phone case. You know who else I think would be down there? Oh. Ryan Reynolds. Whoa there, pump the hate breaks there, Sasquatch Awad. I really feel like Ryan Reynolds is just like a down-to-earth dude. <laughs> I suck Ryan Reynolds. Straight or not, I mean, you don't, you don't just. Pay. If Ron Reynolds, Prince, if you don't quit attacking my feet right now, you're not getting a cat treat, bitch. You, you cannot tell me right now that if that if Ron Reynolds walked up to you and was like, "Hey, you want a blowjob?" that you'd turn it down. I think I would. No, you. It's Ryan, motherfucking Reynolds. I think I would. I think I would. I think I would. I think I would. It's because of the commentary that would ensue. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> you can make him sign a contract not to make any commentary until after you finish, and you'd be all right. Hey, <laughs> oh, whoa there, big guy. Smells like a warm turtle tank down here. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> I swear you're not getting no creeps if you don't quit. Not normally what I would say. And then you come, and they'd be like, "Wow, is that is that oregano?" <laughs> you just called a Deadpool, didn't you? <laughs> no, the pump the hate breaks is a is a Deadpool thing. Bro, I got Cody Webb asking me about how to how to how to obtain CDLs. Step one, don't. <laughs> Step two, <coughs> do anyway. Um, come to Brown Food Service. Step three, go on runs, make money, and go home. Step four, wish that your truck had some top end to it. Step five, trust the process. Step six, love me. 
Tim Seven, I deserve a cut of the money that you make because I put a good word in for you. What money am I going to make? Huh? What money am I going to make? Not you. I was talking about Webb. Oh, are you talking about like period? Like any money that he brings in? Like, I want my cut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about like from Browns because he's going to try and get on at Browns, what he said. Yeah, but he wouldn't get a bonus or anything. I'm talking about like, that's what I meant. I'm like, talking, you know, I'm, you'd, I mean like, I mean like any money. Like, like every check, I want at least 75% of it. He can have just enough to live. Nope, pay yeah. no bills, but to live. Not, not, he cannot feed his two children. He <laughs> just has to pay bills, and that's it. That's exactly right. Oh, man. His second oh! daughter isn't even born yet, and as soon as it is born, it has to have surgery. Hold. I worry. I, I really worry about <gasps> him and his family, to be honest. Oh, God. Cold. Start your truck. My truck is started. I have to run my truck or it's so cold. I have to leave my truck running. Yeah, I would weird noises. I wouldn't recommend shutting it off. I mean, I've got a bunk heater that would keep me warm, but like anything below 20 degrees, I want you to leave the truck running. And I mean, it's like blizzarding outside. I don't know. I don't know what you call this. It's like ice rain, and it fucking hurts. <laughs> like, it's not really cold outside. Like, I'm comfortable. Like, I put I put sleep pants on underneath my jeans, like these little legging sleep pants that I have. Yeah. Just as another layer of insulation. So, like, my legs are toasty when I'm outside. And my body is comfortable. Like, my body is, like, in a working at a working temperature. Like, I'm not, like, toasty. Like, I can't do nothing or else I'm going to burn up. Like I'm at a working temperature. Like if I could, if I were to stay out in it, I would. Have, I could do some work and mellow out. But man, the fucking ice rain hurts. <laughs> it hurts your face. It stings. I believe you're calling it ice rain, but it should be called the uh, sleet, sir. No, it's ice rain. It's fucking ice rain. It's not sleet. It's fucking. <laughs> it's dude, it's fucking. It falls. It's falling like. It's not falling like sleet where it's like. You know, like it's falling like ice, but it's fucking it, like it's sorry, it's falling like rain, but it's fucking ice. <laughs> like if I wish my phone could pick up enough detail for you to see this, like it's falling, like it almost looks like it's snowing outside, but it fucking hurts as soon as you stick your head out the door. You gonna have to put on your hard hat just to walk out. No, I'm gonna put something on my fucking. I'm gonna have to put something on my face, and I found a, I found a fucking. I found a COVID rag in one of the trucks, uh, one of those uh, gators, neck gators. Yeah. And I, I was gonna wash it, and like I was gonna like that was gonna be mine. Like I was gonna take it, and uh, you know I put it in my backpack. I hadn't got the chance to wash it yet, and I contemplated just using the motherfucker. Be like, fuck it. If I get sick, I get sick. But it keeps me getting pelted in the face. <laughs> I like how you called it a COVID rag. That's what it, whatever whatever I called it the other night. I called it something funnier the other night. COVID something, but I, I forget what it was. So is it true that speaking of, is it true that Carolina is no longer an overnight at Browns? That is true. They closed that Gaddy's in South Carolina. They did away with the backhaul. Like they have to send somebody over there to get that backhaul. Like specially get the backhaul. Man, 
The further you go on that is Tennessee now. Or North Carolina. You go to North Carolina for like one or two Dairy Queens. And then you pick up a back call in Abingdon and you're done. It's a sixteen hour day, but it's not an overnight. You got well, you got the dairy. You got Dairy Queen. It's, all the all the Dairy Queens on that run are in are in uh, are in Virginia, Virginia. You got Dairy Queen Bristol, Dairy Queen Falcon Place, and you got Dairy Queen of uh, Abingdon. Yes, and then you got, got Big and, you got, and then you got Big John's. You got Dutton Wagner the back hall. You got Food City the the Misty Mountain Spring Water back hall. Um, you know, like I said, Big John's the gas station, and uh, your stops over in Tennessee are uh, Coom Receivers, which that guy likes me, so he'll be he'll be pleased to know that I'm, I'm coming back to Browns. Um, and then you got the, uh, and then you got Honey Baked Ham, and yeah, and then you got a uh, you got a backhaul in Tennessee too. And then uh, that pick- one, and then you got the mayonnaise. Shit over in South Carolina that fucking sucks. I never picked up. I never picked up a backhaul in uh, in Tennessee. Never had one. Blake gets a backhaul in Tennessee and a backhaul. It's a water backhaul and then a backhaul in uh, Abingdon. The water the water backhaul is is uh, Virginia, Virginia. It's Food City. You you, pull, you go to the you go to the food you go to the Food City Distribution Center. And you go and you go right past it into the Misty Mountain Water stock. You back into that, and that's where we get the Go Time water. That's who bottles it for us. That that is the water backhaul. What the fuck is in, the backhaul in Tennessee? Because Blake told me he had a backhaul in Tennessee. Blake probably doesn't know his ass from a bag of hammers. No, Blake's actually a really good driver. Pretty quick. Oh, I know, I know. I have nothing. Yeah, I have nothing wrong to say about Blake. But I'm just giving Blake. I'm just giving uh, for the sake of giving him shit. I'm giving him shit. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. He I'm saying that there. I'm saying there's something that could have. There's something that could have. It could have popped up that I don't know about. But right. yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, like the the only time that Blake ever went with me, I was in a 48 footer, and we uh, were running Columbus, and Blake worked his ass off. Like I showed. Well, I showed him the. I showed him the way that would get the runoff, a certain way of unloading the 48-footer that I will not talk about if, uh, since this is recorded because um, it's not in the best interest of the account that it was it was used on. But anyway, um, I showed him a certain way of unloading that truck that was uh, pretty efficient. And, um, yeah, he worked, like a, he worked like a mule for me. So I'm I have nothing to, to say. Of, are you talking about the one with the lift gates? No, not the one with the lift gate. The regular ones. The one with the, I, the one with the the one with the lift gate was like was was a hope and a prayer away whenever whenever um, I ran the shit. So I'm gonna say it in code what you're speaking about because I think I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about when you do the and take the thing? Down the thing. No, you're not supposed to take the thing down the thing. Nope. You nope. know what I'm. You know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, I work I work the drying cooler and Blake worked the freezer and the forty I don't know if you've ever worked out of forty eight foot the old forty eight footers. But they're they're only they're two zones. So there's a bulkhead. Like they're they're like as if they were a an over the road truck. There's one big bulkhead that goes through the middle. And the back end's the freezer, you know, closer to the cab and then closer to the tail is the drying cooler side. Yeah, yeah. Me so, that's, what, that's what we took to South Carolina. Right. So as the south, so the dry and cooler you're, you're side. Talking, you're talking about 555. No, 555 is a 40. No, talking 550, about, 555 is split like that, though. No, 550, no, no, no. 555 used to be Eric's Cincinnati uh, firehouse truck uh, trailer. No, no, I'm talking about like. Uh, Eight, nine forty-eight, nine forty-nine, or whatever the fuck they're called. Eight forty-eight, eight forty-nine. Either way, I know what one you're talking about. It's it's a split reaper, <laughs> but instead of it going down the middle, it's split in half. Yes, yes. That's three. Yeah, that's, that's the reason that's why the floor that, is very fuckered. That's the reason why everybody was excited about getting the getting the partition, getting the partitioned uh, liftgate trailer. But you know, obviously, somebody dropped the ball somewhere, and we got. <laughs> It didn't have a ramp on it. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. Anywho, not my place. But it will be. The, I know. I know I know it will be. And I'll take care of it. I, I will make sure that fucking non stupid decisions are made. Like that. <laughs> that is a dumb decision. Like I want whenever if there is equipment ordered. I want it to be specked out to me. Like I want to know. Like I'm sure Charlie Charlie has it knows, but I want to know. Because I want like even if it's read to me and Charlie or whatever, like I want to have a hand in everything, a little bit of everything, not to try and step on Charlie's toes, but because so that way Actually, that position actually is useful. You know, it's a use. My position is a useful position, so that way I can tell guys. Oh well, I don't know. You have to call Charlie. Well, boom, there that made me useless. Right. You know, I I want to be informed on things, and and I want to have you know, I want to have I want to have uh, like the night that my incident happened and I called a certain somebody. You know, I'm not going to say any names, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And I mean. And I was told, I don't know nothing about it, man. You need to call so and so. Yeah, yeah. I'm an uh, my uh, my main goal is to keep morale high and keep everybody fucking happy, and uh, make everybody like what they do. And then from there, I'll just kind of kind of weed out problems that are people are having. And uh, and then as far as equipment goes, just be informed on on what equipment we're getting and how to actually be work in the field. You know. Right. Okay, but now I'm curious. Whenever you talk about how the truck was unloaded, okay, so you know, so you know, so you know, so do you know the runs that I ran, right? Yeah. So do you know the major product on the freezer side, right? Not, not, not the, not the little, not the little part of the freezer, but the major part of the freezer that you can either leave out of the, the, the one product of freezer that you can actually leave out of the freezer sometimes. Uh, yeah. Okay, so we took that part. Wait, are you that, talking about on your Cincinnati yes, runs? Yes, on, on Columbus on or Cincinnati. 
Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you take, so you take all that, like on those trailers, it is so much harder because you got to pull a ramp out and then you got to like roll it and then you got to set it up and then you unfold the ramp. It is so much easier, and this is how me and Eric did Cincinnati and Columbus all one day by doing shit like this because I was able to get uh, my shit done quick. I know how you're you going take, with it. You take, you take that, it. you take that certain amount, you take that certain product and chuck it, just chuck it out the door. Just chuck it out the door. Get it all out there, and then take that little bit of about. freezer. You take that little bit of freezer that's left. You put it on the. You put it right there at the threshold of the door. You hop down, take your bread in, then take that one stack, throw it on the dolly, go in. You're done. I know. I knew what you were talking. You, right. You slipped. Because, but it's cool. I didn't slip. I didn't slip nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. You did. What? Where did I slip at? When you said you literally just said what you were chucking out the door. The bread? Yeah. Oh, well, they don't know who it's for. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know what you were talking about, though. But, yeah, me, me yeah. and Dustin did that. It just, and it, it doesn't hurt any, I mean, like, I guess, but it doesn't hurt anything. Like, I mean, it doesn't hurt a single thing because the bread's not getting, it's in a cardboard box, it bags. It, it, uh, I think it's in paper. It might not be, but I know it's in bag. I know it's in a bag. Uh, the it's problem amazing. lies. It's amazing how how many how many times I've been on those runs, and I've delivered that shit, and I've never seen the inside of a bread box. I have. I mean, I've seen like through the tape that it was like in plastic, but I didn't know if it was in bags or not. You know what I did? Do you know what I did one time? No, it's not individually bagged. It's like in a bag. I know, that's what I meant, yeah. Like yeah. When I said in um, bags, I meant like individual boxes, not individual. One time I was on a run with Matt Burchett, and I don't know I don't know why I did this, but I was on a run. Hell, we were delivering shit, and we had a damaged case of rolls, and I'd already set it to the side because we hadn't gotten to the stop yet. But like I had it set to the side, so I could be like, oh, well, you know, where the hell it goes, it can't go there. And it was uh, the Sister Schubert kind. And I'm unloading the truck. I get the last dolly load loaded up, and I take it down. And I, then I come up, and I'm just finishing up organizing the freezer while Matt takes care of the customer. And I just look down at that thing of rolls. I just reach in there, I grab one, and I eat it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why would I do this? <laughs> you didn't even know why you did it. <laughs> no, I wasn't hungry or anything. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to eat I'm gonna eat one of these. It's It's like one time. I went to, uh, when I worked at McDonald's, I was in the back washing dishes. And I always put a chew in when I was washing dishes. And I had had this chew in for a hot minute. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discuss this in detail because fuck McDonald's. Because they are the most, I mean, I don't know about now, but the owners that were there when I was there were just shitty. Did not give a single fuck. And uh, so I'd chew, I worked on grill. Like I made the food. I worked on, I cooked the food. I made the sandwiches, blah, blah, blah. I chewed the entire time I was on grill. You know, I just spit in a fucking trash can. That'd be it. I had to chew it for a particular amount of time. Like, I've never spit in anybody's food. I can honestly say that. With three years of working at McDonald's, I never spit in anybody's food. I never did anything to, you know, hurt their hurt their food. I never did anything wrong to their food. Did you ever cease anybody miss with somebody's food? Um, I saw somebody, you know, like dehydrated onions? Yeah. It was two minutes to close. 
Core came through drive through, and I was. There, have you ever worked fast? Yeah, you worked fast food. You know this. We no, I haven't. I thought you. Did. No, no, that's right. You have it. Okay. Anyway, you have an initiator, which is the guy that drops the buns and puts the the shit on it, like the condiments, and then you got the line guy who puts the meat on it, wraps it, and throws it and sends it up. Well, a friend of mine who has been there for like 12 years now, who he was initiating. He dropped the buns, he put the mustard and the ketchup on it, and the onions and the pickles and the cheese, and it popped up on the screen last minute, extra onions, extra d And this motherfucker emptied that Cambrio on that fucking burger. And I didn't do anything about it. I put the cheese and the meat on there and wrapped it. And when I wrapped it, there was onions falling out of the paper. Like, I'm not shitting you. Like, that, the top bun was literally, like, half an inch above the above the meat. <laughs> and, and uh, like, oh, I swear to God, it was that high. And I wrapped <laughs> it and sent it up. And he said, I'll teach that motherfucker to order extra clothes. He never came back that night. He never complained. And I'm pretty sure from he hasn't returned to McDonald's as far as I know. I don't know who it is. And I'm pretty sure if he did return, he did not order extra anymore. <laughs> no, that reminds me of that meme that uh, some Wendy's. You got some explaining to do. I didn't order no goddamn tomato nader, and it's a big right. thick ass piece of tomato. That's like when I went and tested, and we passed. We we went down to Fat Patties in in Huntington, and. And Brandon Moss had never been there before. And he, he picked up that sandwich and got ready to take a bite of it. And he went, they put a whole garden on this fucking burger. And I swear to God, there was at least half of a head of lettuce on that fucking thing. And, and he, when he went to go bite it, he literally was like, ah, ah, how do I get it in my mouth? And I handed him a knife and a fork, and he went, I'm an American, son. And he went, ah, ah, and he literally... Had to open his mouth as wide as he could to get one bite off that burger, and he didn't even get any meat. <laughs> and James, James did his same thing. He was over and he went, "You thought you had a salad?" Because he, I can see his face. He picked up that burger, looked at it, and just that face he makes whenever he knows something stupid. He looked at all of us like, mm-hmm. "Talking about you had a salad, you had a freaking garden," and Philip was like. See, Brandon, this is what you did wrong. And James took the bun off and just folded it and closed it back. And he went, see, you do the Bernsey method and you'll be all right. Yeah. But but I was doing dishes. This is backtracking like 10 minutes now because we get off track. But I, w- I was doing dishes and my manager just walked behind me. And I was like, hey, Jenny, what's up? And she was like, not a lot. And I don't know why I did this. She was like, you need to spit that chew out. And I was like, okay. And I took the chew out and just threw it in the sink. And she didn't see me do it, and she already walked away. And I was like, why the fuck did I do that? Like, I didn't throw it on dishes or anything, but I was like, why the fuck did I throw it? And I, I didn't have a reason. There was a trash can right beside me. There was a toilet, like, 20 feet away. I don't know why I did that. I was like, why the fuck did I do that? And then I was just pulling the sprayer, trying to scramble to get it to go down the drain before she came back in there again. I still don't know why I did that to this day. Fuck the man, that's why. Mm-hmm. Ew. One time I was in the freezer, or in the walk-in, in the cooler in there, 
and uh, I uh, <coughs> I uh, I always whenever I went into the cooler, I would always put a chew in. That's where I'd go to put a chew in anyway. And uh, I pulled the can out of my back pocket, and I had the can open. And Jennifer walked in there, and I don't know how she didn't see me because I literally closed the can and put it in my back pocket when she walked in. And she she saw it, she didn't say anything. And then she walked back out, and then she turned around and walked back in and just stared at me. Like, squinted and was like, uh-huh. And then turned around and left. Like, I know what you're doing, motherfucker. Can't prove it, but I know what you're doing. We used to eat chocolate cookies raw, bro. Like when I say raw, I mean like we kept them in the cooler, and we would just eat them, and they were delicious. Sounds like it sucks. Did they up help? I mean, uh, sorry, this this is off topic, but did they up helper pay? Yes, thirteen sixty an hour once you get your permit. Ooh, a dollar. No, no. When you get your permit, it was thirteen eleven, and then they raised it to thirteen sixty when they signed the new contract. You know what I? You know what I got when I got my permit? Probably like eleven. I, I, got, I got twelve. I think it was like yeah, it was like I think it's twelve. I mean, what 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 is it? What was it normally after you got your permit? Thirteen eleven? He said. It was uh, when you first got you hired. Get? You when you first got yeah. hired, you made twelve dollars an hour. When you got your permit, you made thirteen eleven, and whenever. Uh, Whenever you get your license, you get contract wage. Yeah, I was only at 11, and then I got went to 12, even. Yeah, they went from 12 to 13.11 to contract wage. Well, they went from 12 to 13.11 to 13.60 to uh, to contract wage, and I, I didn't know it, but they shorted the shit out of me on my check, and I went and talked to Brant tonight, and he just gave me $400 cash. He was like, buddy. Uh, he was like, I, it's confusing me. I'll have Amy look at it. Uh, he told me. Yeah, and I didn't know it. put out my check, but he was like, yeah, you got paid as a driver Friday, and I was like, I didn't know I was supposed to. I thought I was still getting paid by the hour. And he was as like, soon no. as your CDL comes in your hand, he was like, no, bro, you you took a tractor trailer out here for Friday. Like you you got paid as a driver, and he showed it to me, and I was like, shit, I didn't know that. Did I tell you what Brandon did to me the like the first week I had my CDL? No, you did not. Okay, so I come in. I went to grab my clipboard to run Columbus because, like, literally, when I got my CDL, I ran Columbus. Like, I got my CDL that morning so I could run Columbus that evening, and that was that was my thing. Anyway, so. Um, I went in to grab my clipboard and I had a write-up, like I had a no-scan write-up, and I took it to Brant, and I said, Brant, what is this? He's like, man, you wasn't scanning last week, is what it says. I said, uh, Brant, he said, yeah, buddy. I said, I didn't have my CDL last week. I said, I was a helper last week. I said, I was with Cody all week last week. He said, oh, <laughs> it is right, ain't it? And he just ripped it up in front of me and threw it away. It's like whenever he paid me, whenever he paid me for uh, my services, you know, for me running for him, because, um, you know, the bond that they needed to get Dustin out of, 
um, you know, he signed the run, he signed the run sheet, you know, per Brant, you know, a payment, right. you know. So, listen, I'm telling you what, and like it's it's little stuff like that. Like, Browns has the potential, like, to be if 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 we can implement these 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 things that help these bigger companies run smoothly while keeping it as like while keeping it um as family as like as as family or like orientated as possible and I don't necessarily mean I mean obviously geared towards your family but like you treat your your work community as your family you know what I mean I understand what you mean on that yeah cuz like be more more oriented like that than than what it is right now yeah, cause like, cause like me, like whenever I worked at Lake Corps, uh, when I was a lineman, whenever I was training to be a foreman, I have always, like, like I have always, ever since I got laid off from Lake Corps, I have searched for a group of guys that I was friends with. That my, and and Brown, to be absolutely fair with you, Browns is the closest I ever come, you know, as far as the jobs that I've had to having that again. Right. And you know, Brown Browns is on the threshold, and if. If everybody can quit bitching and just do the damn thing and just like everybody, and if they have a problem, come to a supervisor, come come to whoever and tell them about it and and know that it'll get fixed. You know, a legitimate problem. I'm not saying everything that you know you come you come to somebody with is going to get fixed because that's unrealistic. But it it, it at least it's going to be addressed. And it's going to be reviewed, and it's going to be figured out, you know. I like how we started this podcast as a topic going to be Mick fucking Foley. And then it turned into just everything else. But but no, I, I didn't mean to stray off topic there. But um, no, I get what you mean, though, because obviously not every problem is going to be fixed. But being discussed and worked at, is is different than it's so much different at all. it's so much different whenever you know that you're going to be heard you know right. because it, it it takes it takes the it takes the oh well management's fucking me it takes that out of the equation completely management's not fucking you they're trying to help you we're trying i mean they're trying everything they can you know what i mean and you know as long as you know that because at the end of the day I work, well, uh, technically not right now, but, you know, I work there, you work there, Brent works there, Ralph works there, Dean works there. We're all striving for the same thing. We want to have a job next year. Right. You know, so why not not do everything that we can to make it successful? I agree with that because, I mean, as long as, as long as we're all, like, like what Joe told me, I just about dropped my phone, like, slung it in the floor. Like, Joe told me the other day, he was like, um, he was like, I'm glad Mikey's coming back. And I was, and in my head, I was like, okay. But no, he, he's being serious. Like, he sounded completely genuine because he literally said, he said, he can bring an element to us that we do not have. And I was like, curious, like, what are you talking about, Joe? And he was like, um, he was like, we need to, we need to work like like a team and not worry about everybody individually. We need to worry about everybody. He said on that level of like work wise, like we all need to have a work relationship where we can all get along and work together and get the job done and not be bitching and moaning every day about problems 
that like like oh my god like your seat isn't comfortable like like buddy I don't know what to tell you about that like bring a pillow you know what I mean like he didn't say that but like that's just what I'm saying and uh like I get what he means like we don't work like like I get like going out there and getting your job done but when it comes to like working as a team like a family hallmark moment like working as like a team or like a family we need to put an effort in to where we're all a, like a combined unit like a well fucking machine we can get the job done properly and together and not worry about when the next time a customer is going to get their shit on time mm-hmm and not because that'll solve it. That'll solve itself. Is what I, if we do that? Exactly, and and not even not even just getting it to the customer on time, like just getting work done in general uh, efficiently, and not worrying about shit. This might not go out. Because I tell you, I mean, just like just like another problem that we have is like getting a hold of, you know, I've always felt as a driver, I've always felt. You know, like, oh shit, man. You know, if I if I uh, run out of time, then I'm just gonna, you know, I gotta figure out my own thing on uh, how to get back. You know, because everybody's worried about getting home to the family. Well, that right. driver's still out there, not with his family. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. even if it's like, even if it's eight o'clock at night, and I get a call like, hey, your driver's out of time, we need somebody to come get him. I'll go get him. Right. Because I know they want to be at their family just as bad as I'm with mine. Right. You know, it's not about it's not about yourself. You know, and it's not and it's like if you can if that's what I'm saying. If you complete and just as far as the customers go, if you can please your customers, because Browns has a Browns has a unique position on things because if, if the more you travel, the more you travel. Like I mean, I've been I've been fucking everywhere. The more you travel, you realize that there's not a place like Browns. I mean, there's not there's not very many. <clears throat> Browns has a unique position as a company because Cisco is large, U.S. Foods is large, McLean's is large. They're worried about getting their shit off the truck and getting out the door. Browns will come in and they'll talk to you while they're unloading. They ask how your day go is going. They know about your grandma having fucking cancer. They know about your they know about your uncle who uh, you know ha- they'll ask you how he's doing. Browns has a unique position as that small company that people really enjoy. Right, like we are on a first name basis with customers. Mm-hmm. Like I've been like I've been to that V Mart in Logan twice, and I walked in there, and that lady that, that's always in there like cutting on you, like cussing you, but she's just cutting on you type deal. Like I've walked in there. The second time I was ever there, and she was like, how you doing, Ethan? And I was like, holy shit. She was like, how's your daughter doing? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you remember this? <laughs> like, Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, just like we got, like, like, like another problem that that, 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 that that happens a lot is, like, driver's trucks will be uh, horrible. And they'll know they'll yeah. be horrible. So the driver's going to call, the driver calls in because he doesn't want to run it, which screws another driver out of out of you know he's got to run it our, the problem shouldn't the our, our our focus shouldn't be on well i'm going to call in if my truck's messed up the focus should be on why is the truck getting messed up in the first place and let's fix that yeah and you know bitching at the drivers 
I mean, yeah, yeah don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, there needs to be accountability, but let's start at the source. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't, if you're, if you're, the the way I see it is, it's going to take some work, and 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 it's gonna, it's going to be up to it's going to be up to Charlie because Charlie Charlie's, you know, he's the boss. But it, it's up to finding out where the work needs to begin, and Charlie's like I said, Charlie's got a plan in place. And he's got thing he's got things that are rolling right now, but it's going to be up to figuring out where we need to start on things, and how are we going to get things to the point to where, you know, the question's not, oh well, your truck was messed up. Well, the tr- the question is, you signed up. up. No, I mean even past that, you signed the run. You know that it like 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 uh, Bruce is Huntington. Uh, yeah. Oh my lord! But anyway, yeah, you just looked at the picture, didn't you? Yeah. Um. Okay. The like the thing Bruce is, Huntington. like, like Bruce Huntington, he knows that he's got to school sometimes, and and it's a it's a it's a heck of a run to get off, you know. But Bruce comes in and he does the damn thing, and he works, and he does it, and he gets it done. I mean, yeah. Given he might have help, but Bruce every bit needs help on that day, you know. If if we know that a run's going to be large, then we need to prioritize help to that run. And if I don't know, it's going to take it's going to take getting in there and looking at things and seeing how things are going because I think help is is typically it, it's given it's given based off where where they think it needs to go. When in reality, like if I've got 900 cases and I'm running like to Cincinnati, I'm, I'm supposed to be back tonight. They need help. Oh yeah, exactly. There's no way. I mean, there you could do it, but you're gonna be outlawing the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, there's no. And like, there's... I mean, like, like, uh, like, and, and and two, we can mitigate a Dean's Whitesburg run, for example. Dean's Whitesburg run. Man, his runs a piece of cake. He doesn't need help on it if he's got but, a lift gate. But if he doesn't have a lift gate, first off, I'm just, like I'm not usually he does have a lift gate because it's on his trailer. But the thing is, if if he's got uh, Pine Mountain Grill and there's someone starting ticket on it, like I'm not saying that's not doable. I'm just saying like. That's not something that anybody wants to do by themselves, especially if they don't have a lift gate. That's what I'm saying. If Dean doesn't have a lift gate, then Dean, uh, but for sure, should get help. But I mean, if he's got a lift gate on Pine Mountain Grill, it's still it's going to take him a minute, but it's going to get done. Right. Yeah, well, with a lift gate, you can drop the whole pallet and just work it from the ground instead of having to. Yeah. Yeah, Eric. If Dean needs to get back early, for example. He's on Whitesburg. Send him a lift gate and send him help, because yep. uh, your your life is not based around your work. Your work is based around your life. And if you if Dean's got something that Dean needs to, and it goes at the bottom of the board, whatever whoever's at the bottom of the board, one of those barber boys. If wow. even if since he hasn't been at the company that long, if he's got something that he needs to do, and he's told somebody and he's and he gave his notice like, hey man, I've got this. I've got this doctor's appointment or whatever it is. I care about your well-being. 
I want to, and even if it comes down to it, if you got something you got to do, if there's no help that we can give you, I'll go with you. Yep. And that that's, I mean, I appreciate like there's people that that will be like, well, I don't fucking like that. Their pride will get to them. Like I don't fucking need help. I can do it. You know, but I mean, I would. Like if I like like you just said like let's say I have a doctor's appointment or like I've got like a like like something to be at at like three o'clock and the run's usually not done until four thirty yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna want help you know what I mean like mm-hmm. regardless of if I know I can get it off or not by myself and I'm I probably could get it off by that time if I busted ass the entire day and just went full throttle but. Having help gives you that reassurance, like I've got a better likelihood of getting this done. And you know, I, the thing is, now there are no helpers. Basically, as of right now, there are no helpers. Yeah, they wouldn't be hard to get, though. You know, no. if the structure I mean, of Browns is changing, I mean, they. I mean, as far as that goes, you could pull somebody out of the warehouse. Granted, you're gonna have to teach them as you go, but or if you got something to do, if you got something to do, you somewhere you need to be at three. Hey man, let me know if I can't get something figured out. Tell you what, I'll take a, and you got to go by yourself. I'll take a van to you. I'll make sure I'm to you with enough time for you to get in the van and get back down to the house, and I'll finish up your run for you. See, nobody else would do that. Like, I'm not saying nobody else would do that. I'm just saying, like, the likelihood of somebody doing that is very slim. That's the, that's, but that's the way that we need, that's the way that it needs to be. I agree. And it's just like on a front, like tomorrow. Let's say that, like, Matt's Ashland, let's say he's not going to Ashland hypothetically, and he's going to, like, fucking Indiana. And he's broke down at 4.30 in the afternoon, and he's about to run out of time, and... He's on his way home, and he's about to run out of time, and he can't get a hotel because his wife's got a, a fucking surgery tomorrow. Like, no, there, nobody is going to fucking leave on a Friday night and go get him in Indiana. Nobody's going to want to do that. No. And As it sits right now. Yeah, as it sits right now, nobody's going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, no, they're not gonna ask anybody. Like, hey man, Matt's broke down. His wife's got surgery tomorrow. He needs somebody to go and get him. He's not gonna. Nobody's gonna be like, fuck yeah, I got that. Not without being paid. I mean, fuck, I'd do it for free. I'd come get him in my personal vehicle. You know, and that, but that, that's not like I do that for anybody, not just Matt. You know what I mean? Like, I get like me and Matt are like close-ish, but like I, I would do that for anybody. Like, fuck, I would do it. Like, I've, I've been out with. With somebody I've never even been out with before, like if like I've never been out with MacGyver, for instance, if he was like, "Hey, buddy, in the morning, like <laughs> I can't do his accent, but <laughs> like if he was like, in the morning, my wife's having surgery, uh, I ain't got no way home. I'd come get him. I wouldn't even ask to be paid for it. I would like if like if it came down to it, I would just go with him. And like like with Dean, Dean is like that. Like Dean don't give a fuck if he gets paid or not to help somebody out. Right. Like, like, I know that because when I was supposed to go to Cedar Bluff Saturday, like two weeks ago, I didn't want to go. And it's, and it's not because Cedar Bluff, because I love that run. If it was if it was not on the shuttle, I would bid it if it was open. And if I got it, I would love every fucking minute of it. It's an easy fucking cake run. I would do it. But I just wanted the fucking weekend off. 
I had plans. So I took it off, and Dean was like, buddy, if you go, I'll go with you for free. He's like, I'm, I'll go with you for free. I won't even clock on. And I was like, fuck, man. I was like, Dean, I appreciate the fuck out of that, and I'd take you up on it, but I'd feel too bad about that. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I would feel terrible. I'd feel terrible. I'd have to pay you somehow. And he'd be like, no, buddy, you wouldn't pay me a dime. Browns wouldn't either. And I was like, well, fuck, I can't do that to you. So I gave it to Hunter. Hunter made a little bit extra money that Saturday. And then he fucking crossed us and went to pick him. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, but, I mean, I'm not worried about him doing that. I mean, if he's better than himself, then, then I'm not going to complain about that. People just need that. Change your outlook on Browns. Like right now? Wait, did you ask what my outlook was on Browns or what, what or change the no. outlook on Browns? People need to change their outlook on Browns. You know, it's the be the change you wish to see in the world. It's be the change you wish to see in, you know, Browns. Right. If things aren't going to change if you don't if you don't help them, you know. Exactly. You can't you can't take one man and do a hundred men's job. And things aren't going to change without help, either. You know what I mean? No. And I'm above helping somebody. Because, like, whenever they split Jerry's run on his day off, they called away when his day off, he called off. And he came in. And uh, I had ran, what did I run that day? I ran, uh, I did down home, I did down home grill that day. And, uh, and James called me and he was like, hey, do you want to take the big puppets in this truck, truck to Charleston, or do you want to just leave him on Jerry's truck and do the run with him? And I called Jerry, and I was like, hey, Jerry, what do you want to do? And he was like, split it, and we'll get, we'll get done faster. And he was right. We did get done faster that way. But he asked me, he was like, hey, buddy, at my first stop, it's like almost 200 cases. You care to follow me to it? It's on the way to your first one. And I was like, fuck yeah, Jerry. And I helped him with it. But he didn't. He thought I was bullshitting when I told him I'd help him. And when I followed him all the way there, he was like, I didn't think you guys would come over here and help me with it. Like, because they've all been fucked like that. Like, yeah, buddy, I'll come help you. And then, like, ten minutes later, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, well, I mean, and it comes to it comes down to, like, if Browns can't, if even if Browns can't, it's got, like I said, it's where the family aspect comes into it. If even if Browns can't incentivize you to help them financially, you know, like with money, then the driver should incentivize, you know, like maybe, you know, hey, man, uh, I've got a, like say a driver's got a bit of, a bit of drug, right? Right. Then, and he's got more seniority than another driver, but that driver's been helping him out, doing doing him solids. Um, hey, man, you know, like, uh, I know that you know it. It could work both ways. I know you're short on cash. I've got a big run on Friday. Uh, you know you help. You know you, you help me out here, and 
I'll switch out with you. Uh, whatever you're running, I'll take it and I'll let you. I'll let you do it. I'll let you do my run. Get you a little extra money. Or hey, man, I know you've been working your ass off the past week. I've got a cake run on Wednesday. Uh, you know, you you help me out. You've helped me out a lot. Uh, you know, if you want if you want a break, then I'll, on Wednesday, whatever you're running, if it's harder than what I'm doing, I'll switch out with you. Right, but the thing with that is you'd have to get clearance from all kind of people to do that first. They unless don't. you ju- unless you just swap. You just swap. Yeah, you don't you don't have to get clearance from nobody. See, I, you, you, I, thought, I was joking with Matt about that earlier. I was like, Matt, if I get Lancaster if if it's up for bid anyway. I said if I bid on Lancaster and I get it, would you want to swap your Friday one day? He was like, Fuck yeah. And I was like, I mean, I was joking, but would you really? He was like, probably not. And I said, because he was joking with me. I said, why not? He was like, because. I, did, I, I told him, I was like, now, before before you actually, you know, finish that sentence, I don't mean like swap for good. I just mean for like a day. And he was like, no, I wouldn't want to do that. I said, why? Well, he was like, because I don't want to drive three hours up there and three, drive three hours back. I was like, well, you leave at four o'clock. You could be back by fucking five o'clock in the afternoon. And he was like, yeah, but I can leave four o'clock or five o'clock and be back by three on my Friday. And he was like, I just don't like driving that long. And I was like, well, you know, I get that. So I get that, but at the same time, and this is nothing against Matt because, you know, I'm not just shooting, but at the same time, these, like me and myself included, these, these newer guys would, would like to have something close to home every now and then. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like when I ran town with Belcher, uh, if 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 town was open, I would take it in a heartbeat. I mean, granted, you're only going to get contract wage, but for the work that you're doing, you wouldn't make that doing it in a car, like locally. You know what I mean? Like doing it doing it on your own, you wouldn't make that much money. You know, by the time you paid for fuel and for the product, you wouldn't even make your money back on it. Yeah. So, doing that for, for, for $200 and being done in like seven, eight hours, if that, depending on how far out you got to go, I would do it in a heartbeat. Well, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's oh, man. It's it's just getting people to care about other people. I mean, I'm not going to act like there's not drivers that I don't like. And, but I'm going to get I'm going to show you the same not you specifically, but I'm going to show them the same respect that I show the rest of the drivers. If they need help, I'm going to help them. I probably won't like it that much. But. Yeah, and these and these new drivers need to have need to have. Uh, not even I'm not even talking about Dean. I mean, obviously Dean and Matt, but I'm not talking about Dean and Matt. But these newer drivers need to have other people's numbers because oh, yeah. they've been in the same situation. And a lot of times, what Browns does is they'll put a driver, they'll put a driver, they'll put a driver in a truck with another driver, a new a new guy in a truck with another guy for like a, a day or two, and then that's it. And then they're just like, oh well, here's everything. Here's all of it. That's what they did with Cody. And if it wasn't for him going out with Dean, he wouldn't know how to do paperwork. 
If I wouldn't have went out with Philip, I wouldn't have known how to do paperwork. And another thing, uh, speaking on the paperwork, it's good that you brought that up. I think on the paperwork, another, uh, something that needs to change is if there's something funky donkey that you got to do, it needs to be noted on the instructions. Right. Like it is on the yeah. pallet map. Yeah, pallet I mean. Map, but, the, but the stop layout. And if it's something, and it, and if it's something like, okay, like what I do. Like what I do. Before I go to a place, I'll get it on my Google Maps and I'll look at it. And, I'll, and you know, um, like even if it says call before before delivery for instructions on how to enter and then uh, research research place and and the well, that was the if you know across the board if that like, meant like get on my google maps and see like, okay he's i'm calling him and he's telling me okay here at uh you know here at this specific stop you know i got hey buddy i got pulled up on my maps here how do you need me to come in there all right you're gonna come off this road okay and then you're gonna swing down the side road the first side road you'll come to Okay, and then you're going to run into the back. You're going to swing the truck around there and back, and then back up to the door. Right. Like whenever you go to – you've been on the, on the Ashland Run. Whenever you get into um, Flatwoods, whenever you deliver the hot diggity dogs, it says on the, on the, on the, on the paperwork, it say, on the invoice too, it says do not pull in parking lot. If I would have never went on that Ashland run with Tony Spears, I would not know how to get in there. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, exactly. And then, and the like, like, or even, like King, even, even if it's just as simple as parking, park on the shoulder of the road right there, right in front of the sign. You know, you wouldn't know to do that unless, unless you had been with somebody before or you called them. Because, because that's what or, that's yeah that's that's what costs a lot of that's what and that's where communication comes in too. That's what costs a lot of drivers a lot of time, or at least it costs me a lot of time figuring out how to get into a lot of these places. Or like like with King's daughters, you know. Uh, how, how are King's, you like? Let's say you can't get into a dock. There's no other way to get in there, other than going through the front door, and then you got to go through a friggin' uh, that long, long hallway, and then you got to take a fucking freight elevator. If you can't get into that dock, you can't go through the front door because you won't have room for a pallet to go in there. And no one's going to want to dolly every bit of that fucking oil that goes in there. No. And the dock is a bitch to get into. Yeah. And and it's it's like when I went with Matt to Ashland, I just had a permit I hadn't tested yet. And he was like, you want me to try and back it in there or you want to do it? And I was like, or he said, do you want to back it? He said, do you want to try and back it in there or do you want me to do it, buddy? And I said, well, Matt. I'll probably have to do it by myself someday, so I'll figure I'll go ahead and try it. He said, buddy, someday you'll be on this run by yourself. I can almost guarantee it to you, and you will just have to get it in there. You might as well get some practice in while you can. He said, if you get nervous, just tell me, and either I'll get out of the truck and let you do it on your own, or I'll take over. And the first time we went there, a fucking ups truck swooped in as I was backing up and stole a spot. So we sat there and went in, found out how long it was going to take. And uh, Matt was like, all right, buddy, just going down the road. And we did like three or four, three or four stops, did some, uh, did some screwing around and skipped a few. Skipped that one and did like, <clears throat> did, did that, uh, did that, son, did that, um, 
did that shell down there on the back street of the trucker route, and then did uh, and then did Gaddy's, and then went back. And when we went back, I backed that sucker in there, and I couldn't get lined up straight, and I was getting frustrated. And Matt was like, just let me out, man. I was like, what do you mean? And I thought he was, you know, getting pissed off. He was like, no, you'll do better on your own. I promise you won't be thinking about the pressure of me being in the truck with you. And whenever he got out of the truck, I got it in there. No problem. Yeah, yeah, because you got to do it. Exactly. No problem. And him being in there put pressure on me without me even realizing it. But here that's, it why they, that's why, like, in Over the Road, whenever they tell you, you know, as a new guy, whenever you're backing into these spots, turn your CB off. You know, yeah. So you're like, distracted. I, yeah. I mean, I I know how to put a truck in a hole, but like, just like here, like when I was coming around here, I must have went around this fucking parking lot three times and eyeballed this spot that I'm in three times. And you know, I was like, well, this is my last resort. You know, I'll, I'll take this if there's nothing left, but I really don't want to if I don't have to. And well, there was, I mean, there's other shit left, but it was just, it just harder than what this one was. And I was like, well, fuck it, I'm spitting this hole. And you know, I turned my CB off, and I started to cut in, and I was too short, so I just cut deeper. I drove down deeper, and then I cut in. Right. You know. Um, when, when you yeah. don't, when you have fewer distractions, even on the, it doesn't matter if it's driving or with unloading, when you have fewer distractions, you can focus a hell of a lot easier, and you can keep a clear mind and realize what you need to do. Like and last like, night. Like like last night when I got back from that shuttle, the only dock that was open was dock two, and you know how close that is to the fucking fuel pumps. So you can't swing it. Like, you can swing it, but you're not going to be lined up straight. And every dock, the only reason why dock two is empty is because, the speaking of the devil, Matt fucking left to go to Pomeroy. So he had a dock. He told me, the only dock you got right now that's empty is dock two. And I got down there, and every fucking... Every over-the-road driver that was in a sleeper was in every other fucking dock. And I had to get lined up straight with dock four and offset that fucker in there. If I would have been on the phone or if I'd had the radio on or I'd have had something going on, it would have taken me 30 tries to get it in that fucking hole. I mean, I had to pull up to to get it straight again, but I only had to pull up once. If I'd have been on the phone or something, it would have fucked me up real bad. Uh, and then, it, then that comes down to learning tricks on how to do things. Like there's, there's a trick I can show you on how to get into a tight dock, and it'll save you a shit ton of time because it's the same trick that you, same trick that you use for these split axle flatbeds, same trick you use for a 53 foot trailer. It's the same, it's the same trick. It's, it's literally just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's save you a lot of time. You pick a spot now, on that trailer. I don't know if it's a trick you're talking about, but that's what I do. I pick a spot on, like, the corner of my trailer, and I watch it, and I say, I'm going to put that spot right there. And I line it up, and when I get it lined up, I'm set. And, like, I'll line up the back corner of the top of the trailer with the back, with the with the corner of the top of the dock, right on, like, the pad. And I'll, in, in my eyesight anyway, and whenever I get it lined up, I straighten up the wheel and I go straight back and make sure I'm sure on the other side. And I watch it all the way back. <sighs> not, I mean, not necessarily, not what I was talking about, uh, not necessarily. Um, what I'm talking about is like, it's called close quarters backing. And you'll take and 
it, it's especially helpful in a sleeper cabin and a day cabin just makes it a breeze. You take and say with uh, dock. Say you're trying to get into a hole, then you know uh, some guys will say your driver door. Some day some guys will say your drive tire, you, you know, or whatever it is. But you know you're gonna put a point, you know, where you want your if you're in a tandem axle that's not split, then you're going to do your driver door and you're going to line up your driver door into the hole and you cut your wheels hard to the right, you're going to cut it right, and then you're going to get the, tra the tractor straight and then you cut your wheels to the left hard and then without moving and then cut the tractor, get it straight again, and then that gets your trailer where you want it. And then from uh, from there, go to cut in. If you see that you're cutting in too shallow, then just, Reset, pull, pull deeper forward, and it might turn in. It might turn into an alley dock. Uh, but at the same time, you're getting your tra you're getting your ass into your trailer to where you can you can maneuver it, and your and your the ass into your trailer is going to pivot, or your 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 trailer is going to pivot off your wheel. So your wheels is really what your trailer wheels is what you need to watch. So you see where you're pivoting at, and then as you come in. Whatever side you can see, typically you do a driver's side back, you can see the driver's side. You want to make sure that it's as close as it can be to whatever you're lining up with it on on that side. So that way you know you're good on the other side. And if, if you need to, get out and look and see how much space you got. And then And then from there, once you get the trailer in the hole right where you need it, it won't technically be in the hole. But it'll be right there. Then instead of trying to do all this funky donkey shit, just take away a little bit of space. Like you know, say say your trailer's right in the hole. If that tractor was like dead forward, like straight forward, then you just back straight up. Well, instead right. of doing all this funky donkey stuff and trying to like you know back up and get the trailer, get the tractor underneath it while you're backing it up. If you got the room, just pull, just put it in drive and pull forward by cutting your wheels to the right or to you know with the driver's side back or to the left with a with a side with a uh, blind side back, and then that'll get your tractor right underneath your trailer and it'll keep your trailer right there, and that's that'll save you a lot of time. That's what I that's what that's what they try to tell you whenever you're going to do the alley dock whenever you get your CDL through Browns is pull up and get that tra get your tractor underneath your trailer that way you can work with it. Because those pups are are a bitch to get back up underneath, but but uh, but instead of fighting with it, just do just do it. And a lot of guys, what they want to do, and me myself included, I want to think that I'm a super trucker, and that all these other guys who are backing up at one two mile an hour, going real slow, making sure they do things the right way. Well, I try to. Uh, I, I always sometimes I think I'm a super trucker, and I go to get back up underneath it real quick. And then I just fuck up, and then I completely screw the pooch on what I'm trying to do. Whereas do if I would have just went slow, then then I would have been I would have been fine. I do that. Even but. even even though you're at Browns, you're driving a 40 foot trailer. At the same time, you're still got your CDL. You can still fuck a lot of stuff up. You're still pulling a you're still pulling a CDL vehicle. You need to you need to be careful. And if you're not comfortable, you need to get out and look and see how much space you do you got. And you got to realize that in in an over-the-road truck, when you cut your wheels hard, 
and get back up underneath it, that trailer isn't going to move. But in a 40-footer, where they're so small, if you cut your wheel hard and go to get back up underneath it, just as you soon just as you back up trailer under, deeper. As soon, well, as soon as you go to get your tra tra uh, tractor back up underneath it, I mean, if you're going fast, as soon as you do it, your tractor's going to go and cut, or your trailer's going to cut the other way. I mean, it's it just, it just, it's going to go from straight to to the other way. Now, now you got to pull up anyway and straighten back up and do it. So you're better off just, I mean, like I said, just to straighten up and back into it. Now with the dock on dock, with dock two, your best, your best thing to do is that those day cabs cut really hard. So you, you know, even I've done it with with tractors in the in the dock, um, and trailer. Oh, wow. and, you get you to get it in there last night. I had to cut it with everything it had just to dodge that to dodge that sleeper truck that was beside of me, and then I just had to straighten it back up and it was in there. But I get what you're well, saying though on the well another my another thing that you know and I don't I don't look at it all the time either, um, but another thing that you can look at like with Doc Two, I mean how Doc Two is set up is it's what set up fucking stupid. Typically, what you want to do with any of those docks there is you're going to cut in, and you're going to cut in towards the docks like you're going towards the door, and then you're going to cut, and then you're going to cut, you know, you're going to get as deep as you can to the nose of the tractors, and then you cut out uh, and back into the hole that you're trying to get into. With dock two, it's a little bit different. With dock two, it's going to be hard for you. You don't have a lot of space to cut in like that, cut, try to cut back out, get out into the road, and then back into it. You can, I mean, you can do it, but, it, you know, if it's not, the conditions aren't ideal, what I recommend doing with that is going down like you're going to go until you get into another dock, get as close as you can to whatever's on your left side, if anything, cut that tractor deep, turn that bitch around, and then come back down and then from there, you got this big wide open space to swing out and back into the dock. Right. See, what I thought about doing last night, because I swung out from the fuel pumps and I swung in deep close to them like usual, and then I lined up with four and I offset it in there by like two fucking dock spaces, but still, I offset it in there. What I thought about doing was going straight, and I didn't do it just because I was in a hurry, but... <clears throat> What I thought about doing was going down and looping around in front of the dry docks and coming in that way and trying to line up straighter than what I was. Well, see, with 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 um, with driving with driving a tractor, it um, you know, especially with me being like maybe over the road and and, and I've seen it. And going to all these new places over the road, and not not you know, um, you'll never realize how stupid you are, or how stupid, or how you might think you have things figured out, and you're the best the best thing that ever blessed trucking, until you <laughs> go to get into a place, and you get in there, you get in there how you see how to get in there, and then like you see another guy do it, and it's ten times easier the way he's doing it, and you're like, well shit, because you're not, you're not, you're not, even me, even somebody that's been doing it 30 years, uh, you know, somebody that's been doing it 30 years is less likely to do something stupid because they've got the mindset, but your your mind's not treated to think that way. It's not right. treated to, to think like, 
you know, I need to do this to, to make this happen. Because, like, man, I'm telling you, there's there's times where, like, shit was blatant, like how I needed to pull into somewhere, how I need to get in here, and how I need to swing around here. And I didn't fucking, I didn't even fucking think about it. I mean, I just, you know, I just went right past it because uh, your nerves get to you. Right. And the more you try to, and that's another thing is like if you're gonna if you're gonna do something and it's the way that, the way that it can, it can be done, even if it's harder, just put your mind to it. And that's the thing that's that's what a lot of drivers need is need they need to do these this hard stuff. Like there's a guy on YouTube I liked what he said. His name was Joey Jones actually, which is funny. Um, I'll never forget it. He he said any time that you go to get in a hole. Find the hardest spot that you can to get in and get in it, because that's it's perfect. It's easy practice. Because whenever you go to like, get an easy hole, it'll be fucking, as Joey Jones would say, cupcake. Yeah, and then like whenever you go get in a hard hole, you know that you can do it. I mean, you know that it's, you know how you need to do it, and you need to calm down, and you need to let your nerves quit, and then think about how you're gonna do it. And another thing with brown trucks that are that people don't think about is. Brown trucks aren't like a like an over the road truck where you're focused on where that ass end of that truck needs to be. It needs to line up evenly between the padding and stuff, so that way it can get into the ramp. Sometimes or get the dock plate can get in there. Sometimes it's like that, like when you're picking up a backhaul or you're going to Browns or whatever. But a lot of times, the way that we need to look at our trucks is we need to say, okay, I need to have enough space to where I can back this truck up. The ramp will come out. And and I, you're lining up the middle of the trailer without being able to see the middle of the trailer. Right. So you really need to have that uh, that idea. And 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 the funny thing about it is, is you'll learn how to drive a brown truck, fucking like ace number one, and then you hop in an over the road truck and you have no idea what you're doing. And then that goes vice versa, because for example, you got Brian. Brian. Drove an over-the-road truck. You think, oh, this motherfucker's got to figure it out. He he drove over the road. He's seen shit. And but then Brian goes into Druthers in a brown truck, uh, something that I could turn a brown truck around on a one-lane road compared to one of these things. Um, you know, and he goes to get in Druthers and he goes to cut out and he cut and he catches the side of a fucking car. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, he did that. What, it because the, yeah, like you know where the you know where the you know where typically you'll you know where you unload from. Like how, I mean, I don't know how who, how they've done it. Whatever you pull into the them. side, you, you pull into the side parking lot, and there's a side street right there with the main entrance to the to the to like if you're going freezer to and the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, and you got to walk through the drive-through, but you swing in from that entrance from the opposite from the entrance closest to the main road. And you turn in right there, and then you line the truck up to go out so you can turn left off that street and go straight to the college. Okay, so like right there, that's where he, that's where he cut that's where he cut too hard and he hit something. Um, but what I've always done with, with that stop is you pull in like you're pulling into the front door. You go around, and you pull out like you're going to that side street. And the way Brandon Dodson told me, it showed me how to do it, is you park your tractor in the left side of the road, yeah. and, and and so that way your trailer's not all funky dunky. Right. I mean, it's not the best conditions for unloading, 
but it's the best way you can work with with still having room to do it. Because you've got 15 minutes. You can set your brakes and you can fucking put your flashers on. You get 15 minutes to unload. Uh, in the middle of the fucking road, you got 15 minutes. I've done that more than once. Um, or like, okay, and we're talking about putting shit on paperwork to let somebody know how to get in there. Like the Red Rooster Cafe. First time I went in that motherfucker, I thought I could go all the way around, and I was fucking badly mistaken. Had to back all the way out. I had to back out into the fucking road. Uh, and and you know the Red Rooster Cafe. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the Red I Rooster haven't. Cafe. There's a wall on one side and the buildings on the other, so you can't see any of the traffic until your ass ends already all already out there. And I was in a straight truck. Thankfully, if you're in a forty or a pup, you know. Thankfully, when I was in, when I delivered it in a forty, I was lucky enough to where I knew I had to back into the fucking place. But if you deliver it in a forty or in a pup, you're fucked if you got to back out because ain't nobody gonna help you. Ain't nobody going to help you, and you can't stop traffic and then run up to your truck and back out because they're going to go because people are idiots when it comes to any kind of traffic control. And assholes. Yep. And that's where over-the-road guys have to call the police and fucking have the police escort them out. Yep. You know, don't let yourself get in that position. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take, that, it's gonna take looking one, at things. Because I've heard stories about that. Like, I, I do not... I did that one time at a Save-A-Lot. Uh, I thought the dock was around. It was the Save-A-Lot on the Gasway run. Um, the first Save-A-Lot. Because they're dock stops, both of them. And, uh, and I went around to the right side of the building, and I was like, fuck yeah, the dock's over here. I went all the way around, and as soon as I cleared like the corner of the building, it was nothing but grass. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm yeah. lucky I was in a straight truck because I couldn't see the backup past those fucking cars. I had to get out and look. And it's a good thing they were parked because if they wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to get out of there. Like yeah. If it would have been, been a main highway, I'd have been fucked. But, oh, just, uh, just, like, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a story on one of the guys that, I mean, you know Glenn Childers, don't you? Yeah. Um, Glenn, he, uh, I'm in Martin, um, the whatever that thing is, you save, save a lot, food land. IGA, whatever the hell it is, Quality uh, whatever it is, um, you're supposed to pull in there and swing around, and then back up to the dock, and then you can cut, you can go on out from where your where your nose, your tractor's pointing. Yeah. Well, Glenn was getting set up to back up to the dock because he didn't think you'd get out that way. Well. I told him, I said, whoa, buddy, whoa, buddy, you can, you, you know, I mean, I've never been there before, but, like, I was in a van, so I swung around there already, and I looked. And I said, whoa, buddy, whoa, buddy, you can nose in there and then back up to the dock. He said, oh, I can. He said, all right, let me go, and, and his nerves are frazzled at this point now because he didn't know, and now he looks like an idiot, and, you know, he's he's frazzled because of that, and now he's got to get turned around and stuff. And what he ended up doing was he was backing up, so that way he had more room to swing. And uh, he backed right into a light pole and knocked the fucking lights that they put up last week down and and destroyed them. Shit. Yeah, I had to fucking go in there and tell him about it. I'd take pictures and shit. Police come out. 
it wasn't a big. I mean, like it wasn't a big thing. When I said the police come out, literally the guy come out and he said, "Well, it's kind of it's a private thing." He's like, "We don't have any jurisdiction with that." He said, "You all just kind of have to resolve it privately." He said, "Everybody got everybody's contact information." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Then that's all we can do." So it wasn't like a big thing. It just was. It just something that didn't even need to happen. Had there been, had he had a little bit of like forewarning, whenever you going in that place, he looked at the invoice and said, "Oh, okay." Uh, nose in back up to the dock, or, or you know. Yeah, it's like, it's like with it's, it's like with my situation. When I hit that fucking overpass, the law came and they were like, oh, "Buddy, you fucked it." And I was like, "You ain't telling me nothing. I don't know, buddy. You don't know that." And uh, but he told me he was like, "This is a private matter. This is between." Uh, he was like, "You didn't do any damage to the bridge." Or to the overpass or anything. So this is between the tow company and Browns. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. You know, I mean, they took all the information. They filed a police report. But, I mean, other than that, they couldn't do anything about it. Right. I mean, it'd be different if, like, the the county wanted to sue or the state or the city. But, but that's a whole different ball game. I mean, the last thing I want to do is just really fuck something up, like I did that night. And that wasn't even overthinking. That was just sleep-deprived. Didn't want to fucking be there. Did not want to fucking, was not comfortable doing it, and just did it anyway. And I I got fucked up. And it's nobody's fault but mine, but I fucked up because of it. Yeah. I mean, now, and now I'll go through and over. I'll go under an overpass in my paranoid. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to prevent everything, but no. Like, like on that I Logan, it doesn't matter how much experience anybody has. Eventually, you will fuck something up. It might not be a major fuck up, but eventually, something's going to go wrong. Yeah, I mean, what? Uh, watch out! I mean. But Browns, it's like, even on that Logan run, you know, watch out for overpasses, uh, read uh, read road signs, which I know, I know the I know about the the clearance signs, but I mean, read road signs, you know, so that way, you know, like like the like the tonnage what limit on bridges and shit, and like um, and like oh, I didn't know this. Don't read those. Old. Don't read those. Those don't matter. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know, I was just giving an example because I go across it anyway. Uh, but that'd be some shit, though. <laughs> I, went over a, I went over a bridge that had a five-ton weight limit, fully loaded in a tractor and a trailer, doing a run for Browns. And I'm not saying Browns trucks are the heaviest things that ever hit the fucking road, but I thought that that's over ten to five tons. They're definitely over five tons. <laughs> Uh, and it's like uh, like a couple of those fucking overpasses. You can go swing in the left lane and clear them going under them. You know, like that one run. You had drivers that went under it that would not go under it that had drove for Browns for 20 years. Like Jerry, he was like, you can't go fucking under that. You cannot go under that overpass. And James Burns was like, Belcher's been running that run for two weeks now. And he's, whenever he was in a straight truck before he even got his permit. And he was like, he's been doing it. He did it two weeks in a row, and he, he always went over there. 
He's like, I don't fucking know how he did it. He must have went the back way or something. And, he, and they asked him, they were like, how do you get under that? And he was like, I called somebody, found out how they did it, and I did it. You swing left in the fast lane with the hazards on, and you creep under it, and you'll clear it going both ways. Well, typically, aren't we talking about on Logan? No, not on Logan. I can't remember what it's on. But, uh, on, like, on, like, Logan, on Logan, funny thing, the funny thing about it is I was in Chad's office um, one time. I was talking to Chad, He and then um, who was it? Who was the supervisor at that point? Periodical time. I think it was Philip and Chad that was in there. Anyway, somebody called Philip. I was like, "Hey, man, you know, like it was flooding real bad everywhere, and he like you need you need to get to a stop." And uh, you know, I looked at him on Sam Sarah, like, "Oh shit, do not, you know, because like, you know, he's like, you want me to take this road?" And they had to tell him exactly how to how to go because the road that he wanted to take would have taken him to that overpass, and he would have hit it. That's known to Browns. But he had overpasses. I was not the first driver at Browns to hit that overpass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Never had overpasses known to Browns. That road, that road's closed now because uh, I guess somebody hit it. Not Browns, but like somebody hit it and royally fucked up shit. And they closed mm-hmm. that road. And they closed that road down. Because they've got two pieces of I-beam going across that are not connected to the bridge to keep you from hitting the bridge. And I guess somebody's hit it enough to where it's been hit so much over the years that, like, there's not even any paint left on the fucking thing anymore. Except for, like, like it's spotted. Like, it, you can tell that people have hit it. Like, it's got dents in it and shit. And I guess somebody hit it coming the other way and knocked the fucking beam out and fucking totaled their truck. Not good. I don't know how you'd knock that beam out. That's what I heard. I don't know how true it is. That's your safe, but... And totaled a fucking truck. Like, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying it's realistic. Have I ever told you about my boo-boo at Browns? You have not, I don't think. Uh, I hit a telephone pole. You did not tell me about that. Yeah, I was uh, I was on Marietta. Second time I come back to Browns, I was uh, frustrated because Colonial House, if you ever deliver to them, they have a certain window that they like to be de- they need to be delivered to because of the uh, they have lunch and stuff and it's real hectic in there because it's, re- it's a retirement community or assisted living or whatever and um, so you have to deliver to them at a certain time. They don't they don't order much like so it's not like you know you're moving pallets out of your way. It's like 15 pieces so you said you kindly set it to once you've been on it once you kindly set it to the side and then you call them after you leave when you're leaving the root beer place but hey because you're like literally you're across the street from them um well you're not across the street from them you're like five like you know that at most five minutes five minutes and that's that's how long it's gonna take you just to get pulled out of the fucking intersection but um uh you're not far from them you, you you know if you've ever been on the room before you call them but hey listen i'm delivering to you um it, when would be the best time to come to you because uh, i know you got a lunch rush and stuff and they tell you when to come so i went to go to them and i was like just about i mean like that was literally all, like one of my last stops like i'd been all over the place trying to like uh you know cause i started at six o'clock that morning 
I'd got up there at like four or five or something, and then I'd wait on Jeff to get the truck get the truck up there. I started at six, and I was done with the run at like like one, and I was waiting on them because I had to deliver to them at like two. And um, finally, I, when I come in there, I was frazzled because I don't know, I don't remember why I was frazzled. I went to oh the traffic behind me. I was you know because you got to park in the road. You can't like pull up into their they got like one of those like driveways that are like U, you know, like that go uphill and like park in front of the door and then you can continue right. out. You can't go on that. So you have to park in the road and deliver. So I went to like get as far off the main track as I could. And whenever I did, I, my fucking, uh, my, my mirror caught the telephone pole and knocked a lot of shell rot off of it, which is not, it does not do anything structurally for the pole. It is where the pole was rotted from the outside and and um so it knocked like a big chunk of of this pole off and it hit the side you know it it caught this corner of the trailer is what knocked the knocked the most of it off and i'd cut i was already cutting out as soon as i heard it hit the fucking the mirror i was already cutting out so it didn't catch it for very long but anyway i uh, i went and i was going to deliver i was getting shit on the dolly and the lady said uh I said, what are you doing out here? She's like, oh, I just, uh, I, think I heard you hit the pole, and I just want to see if you fucked anything up. I said, and then I had to explain to them, like, listen, I used to be a foreman on a line crew. This is shell rot. I know what this is. It's not going to do anything structurally to the pole. The pole's not going to fall. You're not going to lose electric. You know, you're you're good. Um, but then, to cover my ass, I called James Burns about it and told him about it. So, I mean, it's it's known to Browns that I did it, but it's not very well known. Um but yeah, that was my fuck up. I hit a I hit a fucking telephone pole. Okay. It was a electric. It was an electric pole. Sorry, it had like two transformers on it, fucking six lines and and goddamn like a three phase and everything on it. But it was, you know, it had a pole. Well, I've got a similar story to that. When you go to Indianapolis on the Indiana run to deliver those Dairy Queens, a couple of those parking lots are really fucking tight. Especially if you get there late. Like I did. And this wasn't with Johnny. This is when I went by myself in a straight truck. And uh, I wasn't really late. I was just like not there. I was there like 30 minutes later than I should have been. Because mm. uh, I was in that shitty uh, one, one. What the fuck is that straight truck? Mm-hmm. 117. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Freightliner or international? Uh, international. Oh, well, I've seen, I've seen the, both the, of them. The six-speed. The six-speed. Right. Six Is it a standard? Yeah, the six-speed straight truck. 917? Yeah, it was 917. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a freight, that's a Freightliner M2. I thought it was, but... Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a Freightliner as soon as I told you International, because I remember seeing it on the steering wheel. But uh, I uh, I went into that one Dairy Queen where the, where they hate it, where you got to go into like the side door and then you drop all their and they got like a staircase as soon as you go in the side door. Yeah. And I had to turn around on that parking lot the way I pulled into it, and there was a car in the drive-through, and she was waiting on me to back up, so I backed up and there's a fucking power line, there's a fucking electric pole. 
Or not, and they weren't even electric poles, it was fucking light poles. That's all it was, was a light pole with like a fucking light beam on it. Or a light bulb on it. And I backed right into that motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't know it was back there. Like, I, I was like, I looked in the mirrors and I was like, fuck yeah. And I didn't see any cars because I got out. And I was like, fuck yeah, I got space. And I moved back and it brought me to a stop. And I was braking as it happened. Like, it didn't do any damage. And I've signaled this car on, and I pulled up and got straight out of the par- like, got ready to deliver to him. And I pulled up out of the parking lot, and I was like, okay. And there was a dent in my fucking bumper. But there was no damage to the pole, but there was a dent in that fucking bumper that was at least an inch deep. And I never told anybody. <laughs> Except well, for Johnny. Ro- Robbie Eldridge hit the pole. Robbie Eldridge hit the pole in the Browns parking lot. What pole? The one in the, the middle? Te- yeah. How did he hit three- that? I don't know if they're still there, but that's the reason why there's cones around it. I don't didn't, know how he hit uh, it. Didn't Eric, like, slam into a fucking barrier or something? No, Eric was going to deliver a Whitesburg distribution, and he went to cut around the... You know, it's, if you ever deliver a Whitesburg distribution, it's tight whenever there's cars and stuff there. It's really, it's really like, you got to blindside it in, into the fucking hole. Well, I guess it would be driver... I guess it'd be a driver's side back, but it's like you're blind to all the shit that can really mess you up. Right. <laughs> and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's like a curb. It's like a curb barrier. It's not really necessarily a barrier. It's like a curb of some sort. And it's raised and it's just, it's just tall enough to catch your, your running board step. And, uh, he was going to put, get the tractor line back up. And if you line it up, if you do it right, if you, if you do it right, your tractor is no more than like, like a fucking like like six seven inches away from the thing anyway. But he cut, you know, I guess he cut in too deep. And whenever you line back up, he he heard and he fucking folded the step up. Um, eight, I think eight twenty seven was cold out before you even got got you know fucking running with Browns. But uh, it was hellacious for the helper because it only had one step and then that other step was folded up so you just slide like you went to go get down on the second step you just slid all the way down <laughs> yeah it well, was Jerry, you know like the uh how it's got like that piece of metal that's like supposed to keep the step hooked at the bottom yeah it's got like a bolt and if, it, if that bolt's loose and that piece of metal will slide out like it'll swivel on it and then the step just like bounces jerry's truck that bolt is loose as hell and I got out here. I went to help him in Char- Charleston one day, and I got out, and I it didn't do this all day. I guess we hit a bump or something, and it jarred it loose. And I got out, and I stepped down on that thing, and I slid straight to the ground. And I swear, I thought I broke my fucking ankle. <laughs> at every I stop, I had, at every stop, I had to fix that little piece of metal to where it wouldn't. Whenever I stood on it, it wouldn't fall. I understand. It was a rough time. I believe we were both getting tired as shit, Fitch Patches. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go bed. I believe I am too. I'm going to call Charlie in the morning and see if because if he's got Jane Lou staged because he uh, Joe told me he was going to see if they would stage Jane Lou for me tonight, and uh, he told me I could leave early on it. So I'm going to see if Charlie can have it. If it's if it's staged, I'll go in and load it myself. I don't care. But uh, if it's all, aged, all all six pallets, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going in a pup anyway. I'm pretty sure. Well, I asked Joe. I said, "Are you putting it in a pup?" He said, "I don't know. Fuck. It's up to them." I said, uh, 
I said, uh, as long as you don't put it in a straight truck. He said, I'll put it in a single temp if you want. I said, no, the fuck you will not. He said, what do you mean, no, I will not? I said, you can't. It's going to be up there overnight. You literally cannot do that. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you got a point. And uh, he said, I don't know, but yeah, if you want it in a 40, I'll tell him put it in a 40. I don't care. I said, well, it don't really matter what you tell him. As soon as you leave, they'll do whatever they fucking want to. And uh, I, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get there tomorrow, and they're going to have me back a truck into a dock because they won't have a truck ready. But uh, if it's my choice, I'm taking a 40 up there. Because I don't know why I feel like a 40 rides smoother. They pull better. And I'm more comfortable in a 40 than I am in a pup. I don't know why, but I am. Up to you. Now, I pulled a 53-footer out of a dock one day, and I was over. I got really nervous about that one. Mm. Oh, 53s are easy. The 53s, 48s, 40s, up suck. 40s, 40s suck. If you're used to using the 48 and a sleeper and the split axle, they're like toys. They go too fast. Yeah. I'm used to a pup still, but I can back up a 40 better than I can a pup. Anybody, well, most people can, but whenever you get me in a 40 and I've been used to backing up a pup all the whole training process, other than when I go on runs with drivers, then it's going to mess with me a little bit. And Philip swore to me, he was like, it won't mess you up that bad. It won't mess you up that First time I backed up with a 40 after I got done pulling a pup on, like the day before, I was all over the place. Mm. I was yeah. all over the place. But, man, I think I'm going to go to bed hard in the morning, though. I want to I wanna make sure you know you ain't, you know, shipwrecked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's looking like I'm going to... I'm going to get home sometime. I don't know when sometime will be, but I'm going to get home sometime. Tomorrow? But I don't know. Tomorrow, Saturday, whenever the fucking weather permits me to get a, get done, get get back. Well, I hope it's tomorrow for you, man. Yeah, me too. But we'll all right you in the morning. All right, we'll see you. All right, bro, we'll see you. Good night. <sighs> And that concludes the SGG podcast.